We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ronda Rousey is back. Ronda Rousey is going to be back. Uh, She will fight December 30th for the title. So that will be UFC 207 in Vegas. In Vegas. This is not the world's best matchup. Is it for Ronda Rousey? Well, you know, the, the th- thing is, Ronda Rousey has uh, has been the biggest, baddest female fighter on the planet now since we got into women's uh, fighting. Everybody, uh, you know, wins or loses, it happens, you know. It was never really about a psychological problem with Ronda. The thing with Ronda was is, is she, wanted, she wanted time off. Guess who's Bizak? Still smell a crack in my clothes. Don't make me have to relapse on these hoes. Take it back down the tax in the road when I was hugging it. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code 
T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Podcast. It's been a while. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to everyone who came through last week for the Fan Appreciation Show. But it's time to welcome back Andreas Hale back in the building. I'm going to give you my Beanie Siegel voice. That's how Beanie Siegel raps now. I'm not even making fun of him, but it feels like I'm back, so I have to do something different. But I have to rap in my Beanie Siegel voice. I really have a hard time listening to Beans rap like this. Um, but yeah, I'm It's a back. sad day. It's all right. Just throw on some like 2000, 2001 Beans and remember the good old days. Yeah, because I was listening to Guess Who's Back earlier, and I was like, yeah, this should be my theme song for my return. And then I listened to some new Beans, and I was like, oh, man, I wish he had his voice back. But I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I had to take care of some life stuff. So um, I don't know if the listeners miss me, but even if you didn't, I'm back and you just got to deal with that shit. <laughs> now, I'm sure everybody's happy to have you back. There's no Kel- goddamn Kel moments to report, thankfully. Uh, I was on my best behavior, you know, saying saying only the truth. But that's right the usual, you know, usual around here. Um, I, I feel like you've missed so much. So for everyone who's been listening the past couple of weeks... Stick through with us. We might revisit some of the stuff that Andreas wasn't here for, but we've got a ton of stuff to talk about this week, too. Um, something we talked about on podcast back when you covered Sundance has now become, you know, a huge topic, and that's Birth of a Nation. Yeah, man. Um, boy, this is a tough one. Because I saw the movie at Sundance, and I sang his praises, and I was happy to see Nate Parker get, you know, the big deal out of Sundance, and the movie was going to hit theaters. Then the rape thing came up and um, it's man, it's hard because, yeah, he was acquitted and he didn't go to jail. But, you know, all the documents have come out. It just it just looks really bad on Nate Parker. Definitely. Um, and, and he just hasn't handled it well. You know, the way he's handled his interviews, um, the Ebony interview was great. But aside from that, he's been really dismissive and he forgets that his past is now the people's present. And a lot of people weren't privy to what happened. And rape culture is a lot different now than it was in, like, 1999. Um, you know, granted, people are going to frown when I say this, but running a train on chicks was, like, that was almost acceptable. Because nobody really thought about rape culture like that. Yo, no, um, I'm not going to lie. Like, growing up, it wasn't unheard of. Like, it no. was, uh, you know, black community, being young. People did wild things back in the day. So, I mean, you yeah, know, so- Derrick Rose is going through it now. Yeah, so that's it's troubling because now he's looking at well, like this is my past. It's been like you know almost seventeen years. I'm, I'm a changed man. But same with Bill Cosby. Like, what was acceptable twenty years ago? What you thought was acceptable twenty years ago? You have to. You can't just explain away now. So, unfortunately, it is it has hurt the film. Um, not necessarily in the box office. It didn't do great, but it kind of did what projections expected. But we can all probably agree. That in the box office, when the second week is the most telling week, the first week, like Suicide Squad, did great is is first week. Then the reviews came out, and then the second week it bombed. That's what I'm more worried about with Birth of a Nation, and it just sucks because it's a good movie. So it's I don't I don't I don't know, man. I can't defend Nate because I don't know the man. Um, I think I feel like if he would have did his time, if he would have if he would have did any time, and came out a changed man, people would have accepted it. The fact that he got off is a problem. Um, because any, you know, but I also feel like we're hypocritical in a way too. Like we, you know, we'll go out and buy R. Kelly's album tomorrow, 
and be critical of Nate Parker. So it, there's a lot of double standards in it, but I get why people aren't going to see the movie. I just hate that I've seen a lot of reviews that seem extraordinarily biased because of the rape trial and forget the fact that this is a good movie and you have to separate the man from the message. Definitely. I mean, we're, we're in a current time, like right now, where there's audio of Trump saying, grab him by the pussy, and people are just voting for him because they don't care. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> hypocritical is, I guess, 2016 right now. We're living in it. Um, but the movie itself, as soon as I saw everything come up and the projections and everything, I was like, damn, it should have gone different. Because even when you first saw it, before you saw the movie at Sundance, I remember maybe a show, one of our first shows, you were, we were talking about it, and it was the show where you were telling me kind of about like more like in-depth black history stuff. Because there's something mm-hmm. that happened, I was like, yo, I don't want to comment too far, because I haven't dug that far into it. Right. And then we were talking about it, you are like, yo, I need a Nat Turner story to come out. Yeah. You're like, Kel, you haven't heard about it? He's like, go read Nat Turner, all this stuff. That's the story. You know, a real, uh, to black hero, no one else saving, blah, blah, blah. And then the movie comes up. So I was like, yep. oh, okay, dope. That's cool. And then now to see what it's going through. Okay, the sales weren't going to be there. A, a black man killing a bunch of white slave owners. How much was that going to sell in general? You know, yeah, unless it's Tarantino exactly. and it's starring <laughs> Jamie Foxx or something. It ain't, it ain't rocking. So. Right. I mean, it, the sales weren't going to be that high, but I think people thought the awards would come through more than the sales. And when we first talked about it, he had an offer, I think, from Netflix, and right. he had this offer. And Netflix might have been a little bit more money, but it was like, yo, their thing won't garner him the awards that they're looking for for this film. So he'll go with the major box office release to be in the running for an Oscar and all this stuff and, you know, just go through and win these awards. But now it looks like the awards aren't coming anyway. And this, to me, would have been so dope on, like, a Netflix release. Because then people don't got to pay their money. There's kind of, like, a, a, a different dynamic. It's like, yo, they don't feel like they're paying the money to see it necessarily. And then the message spreads further. Like, I just watched The 13th on Netflix. And I was completely yeah. engaged. Like, it, it was great. And I feel like, yo, if he would have just went that route, it might the narrative probably wouldn't have taken away so much from the movie and the message, which was needed. And hopefully we get another one down the pipe. But it to me, it took forever to get this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard, man, because I get why you want to do the box office really. Yes, you know, a lot of people thought he'd get nominated for an Oscar uh, for acting and the film might be nominated for Best Picture. It's it's subject matter. It's, there were a lot of things that I saw that really frustrated me about the subject matter. People were like, well, we're tired of seeing slave movies. And I'm like, dog, this is not your typical slave movie. There is no white savior in Birth of a Nation. You know, most slave movies, there's some white dude sitting on the plantation who has a heart and then says, all right, slaves, you're free. That doesn't happen in this movie. I think Matthew like, McConaughey this- has one of those coming out. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a, the Free State of Jones, which is a bad movie. But anyway, like this this was a story that I've wanted to see since I was a kid when I read about Nat Turner. So it meant a lot to me for this message to get out there. Is it the end all be all for black films that this movie doesn't do well or whatever? No, it's not. They're still going to make black movies good and bad. We're still going to see more Medea. We're still going to see the I same old I was about to say, Medea's coming two weeks. <laughs> it, you know, unfortunately, that's, that does well in the box office. So this isn't like the end all be all. It's just frustrating that this had to come up and kind of squash some some great momentum that we could have had with this film. Um, but again, it's Nate Parker's own fault. 
at the end of the day, the man should have handled this better. He should have known that this was coming. Uh, when you're on this kind of a stage and this platform, regardless of whether you sign with Netflix or Fox Searchlight, you are going to have to deal with this. And when you have to deal with it, you have to deal with it accordingly, and you have to be empathetic and apologetic because the girl's not even here to defend herself. She killed herself. So it's like, you've got to handle this better. And it's hard because I know, you know, once you got off, regardless of, once you're acquitted, you want to say, like, dude, I was acquitted. So that's that. But that's just, it's trial by media. It's not trial by jury. It's always trial by media. George Zimmerman was guilty in the media, and then the jury got him off. But he's still guilty to us. So for a lot of people, Nate Parker is going to always be guilty of something. Um, I don't know how he bounces back from this. I don't know how, you know, what happens with the film moving forward. It's just really unfortunate situation. And yeah, hopefully we get to see another story like this. But me personally, I am kind of tired of the slave narrative. Not the Nate Parker story, but I, I don't want to see any other slave movies unless it's based on reality. Like maybe we get a, a, a movie about the Underground Railroad. I can, I can deal with that. But everything else... I'm good. No more fictionalized. No, no more fictionalized slave movies. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wrap for those. Um, yeah. Something else we left off on before you took the quick hiatus. Kaepernick was still in the media and everything like that. Now he's back in it because he's starting for your squad, the Niners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy because we're seeing less attention paid toward the protest and the knees and people are still taking it. I believe a woman in the Bay Area just uh, sung the national anthem and took a knee. Yep. Um, which was an amazing gesture, and, and the photo looked incredible, and it's a great message behind it. But now Kaepernick's up to bat. Now they're starting him. Does his success, is it like important that he succeeds so that the message continues? If he fails on the field, is the message just going to die out with him? Unfortunately, yes. Um, this sucks. Like, <laughs> Okay, this, this sucks on, on a, a quite a few different levels. For one— Your team sucks. Yes, my team is trash. Yeah, my team is my team is horrible. My team is I mean, but we had to make the change of quarterbacks. Because Blaine Gabbard is absolute garbage. This dude can't throw the ball down the field. Anyway, <laughs> Kaepernick's message is going to be determined. Like the strength of his message isn't going to change, but the man behind the message is going to be scrutinized heavily, depending on how he performs in this game. You know, Muhammad Ali's. Unfortunately, Muhammad Ali's message was great because he was a great athlete. But you look at other athletes who have great messages, who like Mamou Abdul-Aruf, or you look at Etan Thomas, who was very socially conscious and outspoken. But the fact that they weren't superstars kind of pushed them to the background. There's going to be so many eyes on Kaepernick when he plays this game, and and people are going to think his performance, like, they're going to say that he took a knee and it took away from his performance. One has really nothing to do with the other. But that's just kind of how people are. Um, being I'm vegan hoping, and the shoulder surgeries will take away from his performance long yeah, before taking a knee. I mean, the way I mean, let's just be real. Last season, Colin Kaepernick wasn't a good quarterback. He sat in the pocket too long. He made too many bad decisions. He couldn't figure out where to run and when to stand and, and throw. Um, he was terribly inaccurate. Um, so I don't know if those things change, but I mean, you know, I hope this man has a great game. I hope he does something to get us a, at least close to a victory. I hope he looks good. If there's anything that he can do, that'll help. But the moment, if he throws like three picks, oh my God, the conservatives are going to kill him in the media. They're going to destroy him. Yeah, because um, they're going to say he was unfocused. He focused on the protest more than he did becoming a better quarterback and starting for his team and getting into the playbook and all that stuff. Like As though kneeling for a minute and a half takes away from all of that. Yeah, it has, one has nothing to do with the other, but that's just how we function. And this society is how we function. The message, the messenger, 
two different things, but a lot of the time they're put together and one gets lost in the sauce. So hopefully Kaepernick has a good game. Um, I've got my Kaepernick jersey, so I'm going to be rocking it. But I know if he loses, there's going to be some white people heckling the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just rock that around the crib. Um, <laughs> what else happened? We just had the BET Hip Hop Awards. Oh, God. <laughs> Do we yeah. have to talk Yo, about Yo, we got to talk about it. Hip Hop Awards went down. Usually, it's one of the high points that we look forward to every year. The ciphers are usually super dope. It has everyone going crazy in the next day. The performances are usually on point. There's usually only like four awards, the entire award show. So we're just entertained the whole time. It's more of a concert than an award show most years. And uh, it led to you know us doing our yearly awards last year, which we'll be doing again. And we had our ciphers and all that stuff, and it was dope. This year, they fell flat. And... Dude, oh my God. Yo, I, I knew like two people... Well, I can't say that. I knew a couple of people in the ciphers, but no one like wowed me in the ciphers the performances were flat i just the crowd wasn't rocking i i didn't understand this year's award it was hard to get through these awards Yo, this is the first time that i watched the bet hip-hop awards and i sat there and i was like i'm too old for this shit <laughs> i mean this the first like i literally sat there and i was like who the fuck is that like and i'm watching like little yakti perform like yeah. what the fuck is this little like yakti killing him broccoli right and, well, him and Drum, yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at Drum. Like, I, I like I see these guys, and I'm just like, well, what the fuck are they doing? I'm watching, I'm watching the designer, and I'm like, that's a performance. And then you know, I'm doing the, damn. When I was, and then I'm like, oh shit, I'm officially too old for this shit. Like for real. Like I'm reflecting. Like I'm watching Ti's performance. I'm like, first of all, I love Ti's EP. By the way, he made some dope music with Sosie Conscious Man. But I'm like, yo, is he lip syncing? Oh man, this is like, come on, this is. It was just a bad show. The ciphers weren't terrible. Like they were, they weren't great. I'm not, I mean, my man Locksmith did his thing. There was other couple, a few other cats. This the state property one was a little shaky. Freeway was dope, but yeah, yeah. It was just as for a the, whole for the crew ones. That was probably the worst crew one we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like usually we get these super dope. You know, oh my god, look, they're back. And then you saw state property, and you're like, oh shit, they were back. And then you listen to, it and you're like, yeah, <laughs> like it's it's. I mean, the hip hop awards are just ah man, it's just not good, and 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 it speaks further to the fact that cats don't really know how to perform anymore. It's like some really bad performances. There's no stage presence anymore. Like young young Ma probably has what the hottest song of the summer, yeah. if not you know late early fall, late summer, and she's dope, but she's not used to performing on stages. Bigger than, let's say, a picnic table. Like, mm. like it's a, it's a whole different world. Like, and she stood on that stage and there was so much room and it, she just got lost. And it was like, yo, your song is so dope, but this performance really is not. I get when watching the awards and if, like, people who are critical of hip-hop culture who are, like, metal fans or rock fans or whatever, and they go, well, they don't really do anything. They just stand on stage and say some words because they don't play instruments. Like, I get it. I watch the award show, and I get it. I can't even argue with them, because the, their performances are shit. Like, they're, they're not good. You know, I want to see, like, performance art. I want to see cats. Like, when I watch Chance perform, and it's crazy, because that's one, one of the, the craziest things I'm sitting there watching this show. I'm thinking, like, some of these cats, like Young Thug and um, Little Yachty and Drum and all them, and young, young M.A., and I'm like, yo, they're young. But then I'm like, well, Chance is only 21. And he's de- he's destroying everybody on the stage. 
performance-wise, lyricism-wise, music, everything as a whole, getting the social experiment with the band. Like, he's doing it. So it's not a necessarily an age thing, but it's a stupidity thing. It's a talent <laughs> gap. Yeah, like, some people are just happy to be there right now. And they don't see, like, yo, how do I stay here? And Chance has the talent to stay there. And, and that's what really highlights it to me. It's like, yo, there's still quality performances right now in hip-hop but the gap is wider than ever so yeah. we have like eight people at the top still killing shows grant kanye is on a floating stage no one can tell me that shit's not the dopest idea ever and yeah. anytime he performs at awards he has people with drums and all this stuff you know even shit two chains had fire a couple years ago something <laughs> like <laughs> just give me some fire give me some pyro um no, it's just the gap between now people who are thrust into the public eye, into the top of the charts and all this stuff, and what they can even imagine doing compared to the people who know how to perform is such a wide gap that we're just like, ho-hum. It's like, yo, we saw Kendrick come out last year with a whole set. It was like a whole jail room set. Yep. And just crush his performance. And it's like, yo, it's the same, it's the same place. Y'all get the budgets. Like, what, what's going on here? You can't even imagine and put yourself outside of the box and have a message or a concept or something different. Like, I, yeah, they, they don't even try. There's going to be an overarching theme to a lot of the things that I talk about today, probably in the next future shows, about instant gratification and the fact that people don't like to work for anything anymore. And how this applies is, like, it applies to boxing because you got these young fighters who, you know, got, are, like, 19 and no one haven't really beat anybody but want big money. It applies to MMA. It, not so much MMA. We'll talk about that later. Um, and it applies to hip-hop. You know, you got guys like Design who have a hot single, and it's like they forget that you got to work to get there. And when you miss the part of work in between everything, then you don't understand how to put together a dope show because you never had to, because you had a hot song on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's like the microwave culture. Like, everybody wants things fast, and once you got it, you act like you deserve it or you earned it, but you didn't earn shit. Because it's a very much, I mean, it's always been a here today, gone tomorrow type of culture. But now more than ever, our attention spans are, are mad short. So it's like designers eating it up now. But what is he doing to be here next year? Nothing. Yo, I, you know what I'm saying? Only time I see Fetty Wap is I'm loving hip hop right now. Yo. And last year he was on everything. Yo, I'm sorry. If anybody had DirecTV and saw the description <laughs> for Love and Hip Hop this week, I posted it on Twitter that him and Masika didn't see eye to eye. I cried for like an hour because I couldn't <laughs> believe that somebody would put that there. But I digress. Um, Hip Hop Awards sucked. They were no good, no bueno. I'm glad I didn't go. I still got some of my friends in the industry that go to this stuff. I stay far, far away from any of this shit. But um, yeah, hip hop, man, some of these cats, again, it's, just, it's not an age thing. It's a talent thing. And a lot of people just are not talented. No, they just a good beat and a catchy hook, and you ride in the wave. Yuck. Just ride in until it crashes. Um, the only other thing that happened while you've been gone is Kim K got robbed. So? Allegedly. I mean, I don't feel like, you know, people would be like, oh, you don't feel bad for her. Like, yo, people get robbed every day. So <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad for her just as I feel bad for about another person. I'm not going to feel worse because it was Kim K. They don't get it robbed sucks. for eight mil, though. She had like yeah, a I mean, million dollar ring on. Yeah, but she'll buy another one. I mean, it's not like, dude, it's not like she's getting robbed and then she's poor and she has to get evicted, right? She got robbed. <laughs> it sucks. It was probably an inside job, whatever the fact. Like, it sucks. It's a scary thing to be robbed. I've been robbed at gunpoint. It's not fun. Atlanta? So it, 
Yeah. Oh, when see, I, look at this shit. Yeah, when just I just like the Atlanta. show. <laughs> oh, which for, wait, Atlanta is like the best show on television. Unbelievably good. Yo, and this, this I haven't even seen episode? this. I haven't seen this week's episode. Oh, FYI. God. But yeah. last week I was dying with the kid in class with the white face. Oh man! Yo, I was like, because he didn't say anything. I was like, yo, he's just the best kid in the world, right there. Oh uh, yeah, yo, the show, the show is so good, so 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 good. Um, anyway, but Kim Kardashian, it's like everybody's like, oh, poor Kim, this and Kanye had to leave his show, and I'm like, yo, shit happens. I mean, I don't. She gets way too much attention to do nothing as it is, and people love her for nothing. And I've always had a problem with Kim Kardashian because she's manufactured and she doesn't have any talent. And Ray J is still, you know, relatively poor in comparison. He pretty much put her on. But but yet she's still here. So it's yes. it's, it's very odd that she has no talent, yet has lasted a decade. That's, that's you know, where we live in this culture. Like, reality television is like acting. Like, people treat reality television, they're like, I'm acting. Or I'm on Loving Hip Hop, I'm a singer. No, you're not. You don't do shit. <laughs> but annoy me with your terrible television. Listen, they and, got showcases. They had a showcase at NYC. Yo, have you ever noticed on Loving Hip Hop that whenever they do like a listening party or a showcase, there's only like 12 people in the crowd? Yeah, I mean, that's all they got. They don't know these people. Jeez, just work so the camera bad. magic. Zoom in so on bad. one booth and the performance. Ugh, so bad. So, Loving Hip Hop's terrible. I, that, we'll save that conversation for another episode because I know people <laughs> want us to talk about combat sports now. <laughs> yeah, so that's the world revolving around Andreas Hale since he's been gone we took too much time with this craziness. We're going to hit a quick break real quick so you guys can hit up the survey. When we come back, it's all combat sports for the rest of the show. But, you know, I had to talk about craziness since we haven't had Andreas on for like three weeks. Um, stay yeah, tuned. We'll be right back to talk UFC. Tons happening there. We'll be right back. Listen up. Because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people... Now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than five minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that, and you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes or Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it, there's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to thecornersurvey.com. Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you need. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out. I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. All right, we're back, and we're back to the combat sports that we're known for, and that's why you guys are here listening. So much happened in the UFC this week. Hard to even catch up and, and keep up with everything. Let's start off with Ronda Rousey. She's back. This yeah, is where man. we got to drop to guess who is Bizak right here. 
<laughs> UFC 207, Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunez. Immediate title shot, year-ending fight. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a big deal. because we have, When is the last time we saw a champion just get beat and then we haven't seen that champion, well, the ex-champion fight in like 400, I think, 11 days it'll be. Yo, this outside, is, outside of the WWE, it doesn't happen often. It's just crazy. Crushed um, so how do, how do you feel about Ronda getting the immediate title shot? To me, and the way the title has been bouncing through hands, I'm okay with it. I can justify why she gets the title shot in my mind. Because she ran into the perfect storm with Holly Holm. The fight was moved up two months. It was a person who was tailor-made to beat her, and she couldn't really focus. And she didn't have the time preparing for the fight that she needed. She was on the crazy media tour. She was filming movies. It wasn't the same Ronda, so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. So she lost her title. I would have loved for them to run it back after that, but her soul was shaking. So... Now it's like, okay, everyone else got their shine. Misha held the belt for a while. We saw what Misha, what Ronda did to Misha several times. Right. And then Misha gets destroyed. Okay, every champion's been getting destroyed this year. Does that mean Bisping's better than Rockhold, which we'll talk about in a second? No. Like, champions have been going down like this shit's easy nowadays. So, okay, cool. Someone else, Amanda holds the title now. So Ronda comes back up. She's ready. I thought she should have got her immediate rematch after how she dominated the division anyway. So if Connor's the king and he gets whatever he wants, Ronda's been the queen. She's up. She's back up. See if she can claim her throne. If she loses, she loses. And the benefit of giving her immediate title match is that you now build Amanda into a star. We saw that with Holly Holm. No one cared about Holly Holm. She kicked Ronda's face off. She was a superstar overnight. Until she lost. So it's like, okay, if you feed Ronda to Holly again, so what? You're not building anything. But you feed Ronda to Amanda, maybe she can headline another pay-per-view. Because right now, the way it was going, she wasn't headlining a damn thing. No one's buying a pay-per-view featuring Amanda Nunez. Yeah, um, I'm not mad at this decision to give Ronda the immediate title shot for the reasons that you just outlined. Um, the, the, the carousel of this women's title has been... Pretty ridiculous. So it's like for Ronda to come back and have to, I wouldn't like the only person she could have fought was Holly Holm, right? But and I would have been fine with that if Holly didn't lose her last fight to Valentina Shevchenko. If Holly beat Shevchenko, then I would have been fine with a Ronda Holly Holm fight and Amanda versus Juliana Pena. But that's not that's not what happened. And, and Ronda's coming back right at the right time. And Amanda she needs that check. So yeah. Ronda gets this fight. Now, does Ronda win this fight against Amanda Nunez? I I can't pick that. Like, I, I don't know what Ronda's going to show up. Are you telling me Ronda from a year and a half ago is showing up? Then, yeah, she wins this fight. Amanda has lost before. She has been knocked out and submitted before. She's not invincible. Ronda got... Knocked out by someone who was a great distance fighter. Do I think Amanda's a great distance fighter? No. Can she throw hands? Yes, but in close quarters. She rushed at Misha Tate to finally finish her off. Most of her finishes have to go to the ground for ground and pound. She's lost decisions before. She goes to decisions quite often. So she's not like a world beater. I don't want to make her out to be cyborg by any means. Can Ronda beat her? Yes. Can Ronda get close enough to judo flipper? Yes. 
so these are the type of girls that Ronda has beaten in the past. So yeah, I'll give Ronda a fair shot if Ronda is back to who she was before. Yeah, I think Ronda wins this fight. Um, I think Amanda's she's she's good, but she doesn't possess the tools that offset Ronda Rousey. Ronda's going to get her hands on her. Ronda's going to take her down. Ronda's going to submit her. Um, it may not be in record time or anything like that. It may not be in an Instagram video, but. You know, Ronda ran into a buzzsaw, and I think I think the time off is actually going to help her more than anything else, um, because the things that she learned in judo don't go away. Uh, she needs to get rid of Edmund. She needs a new team would be great, but I don't think Nunez is going to pose that much of a threat. I honestly don't. I think it'll be maybe a decent fight, and you know, it'll it'll be telling when Ronda get if Ronda gets hit in the face how she reacts. That's going to be the key. Some people, they get their, their jaw broke and can't eat an apple, and they, they get hit and they're frightened for the rest of their life. That'll be telling. But I, I don't think Ronda's going to have a hard time in this fight. Um, December 30th, T-Mobile Arena, you know, Ronda's going to reclaim her throne. And she'll be back. She'll have the title again. And I, I, then I'm curious what they do after that. Because, you know, people are still curious about a Holly Holm fight, but that damn cyborg is the one that's lingering. And Dana came out. He was like, if she wins the belt, cyborg fight is happening. We yeah, also saw that Dana say Khabib. Yeah, Khabib was about to get that <laughs> title shot too until that was gone. So if Ronda, you know, doesn't want to take it, she doesn't want to take it. But Cyborg's campaigning for it. That's the fight everyone wants to see. So it's like, you know what? If Ronda's out maybe in what, like a year? What if Ronda tells Dana, like, yo, I want to have babies. I want to come <laughs> get my belt back, make you a little bit more money, make me a little bit more money, and I just want to have babies. And Dana's like, yo, you got to give me one against Cyborg. She won't give her one against Cyborg. I wouldn't give her one. Give him one Cyborg's against Cyborg's not going to kick her in the ovaries. Like she could still have babies after that. Her face yeah, might well, be a little rough. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the thing to do here is have Cyborg versus Misha Tate. I think that that's the fight you need to make. Or Holly Holm. If somebody needs to fight Cyborg, um, Misha can't fight Cyborg. Misha, Misha, Misha says she, she will, but Misha's small for one thirty-five. Let her fight Cyborg. Oh, Cyborg a killer. Holly's at least a little bigger. We'll, we'll see if Holly will take the fight. But at least somebody wants to fight her. Cyborg needs to fight somebody. She can't just sit here and wait for Ronda for the rest of her life. Because um, that fight may never happen. So take a, you know, fight Misha. Beat up Misha or beat up Holly and then set yourself up for a Ronda fight. If it's ever going to happen. But if I'm Ronda, I'm never fighting Cyborg. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Never fighting Cyborg. <laughs> her chin will never be the same. But one thing about Ronda is, hey, listen, she had the hubris. Yeah, she, she thinks did. she can beat anyone, and all it takes is one great fight, and that could be it. So yep. it's, I don't know. I hope it goes down. I hope that we see it. Um, we see you know a rush of fighters now saying, "Oh, I didn't get the title shot. I want to leave the UFC. I want to quit." And this goes back to your entitlement thing. It goes back to your microwave culture. It's like mm-hmm. just take another fight. You're not the first person that's had to go through too many fighters to get a shot at the belt. Yeah, but see, if fighter pay was where pay should be, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with this. But I get why some of these guys want to fight. In the case of, like, Jose Aldo, it's like, well, you got knocked out in 13 seconds. So you still have work to do. And for somebody like Jose Aldo, you should be fighting Max Holloway. Fight him. Because Conor may never come back. So defend the interim title. Move up to lightweight if that's what you have to do. But take a fight. You leaving, I mean, I get it. You were promised. But all y'all should know by now. Don't listen to shit Dana White got to say. Not a damn thing. Like, then I listen to Khabib. Khabib is the one who got the shortest end of the stick. Khabib should have been had a title shot. 
But but Khabib came back and fought a nobody due to injury, so not his fault. No, it's um, not. But in two and a half years, he hasn't beat anyone. The, no, as but great as Khabib is, you know that's why he's got to fight Michael Johnson. Exactly. Like, these are the I understand why these fights. Like Eddie Alvarez is the champ, and you know Conor McGregor wants to be a two division champ. So make the fight happen. It's going to pay off for both of them. Unfortunately, the guys that aren't, you know, that aren't Conor McGregor, Eddie Alvarez in the lightweight division, have to wait. Yep. That's just how shit works. Juliana you know, Pena complaining about not getting it. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's just like, fight, come on. Just, you beat Kazingano. Yes, I personally think Juliana Pena deserves a title shot if it would have happened by now. Like, if it would have been scheduled for end of October, perfect. But now that Ronda's back, look, this is business. It's not just fighting. It's business. So, yeah. You're going to get your shot, but you got to wait. You're going to have to wait. Ronda's coming back. And and more importantly, like, if Ronda wins, then you get the big payday versus Ronda Rousey. So it's like... That's the key. Like, yo, if you're next in line, just wait. If anything, play the Woodley card. Wait, because a title fight against Amanda is netting you a little bit more than you get right now. A title fight against Ronda, you're getting dough. You're getting dough if you renegotiate your contract. Ask Eddie Alvarez and Conor yeah, McGregor. I, <laughs> oh, did Conor crush him with that shit or what, though? Conor crushed like, everybody. He took this fight on his last contract. <laughs> Yo, I'm sorry. Like, I've been gone, and but I did see this press conference. And between that and the, who the fuck is this guy? Was he, like, <laughs> the, the greatest things ever That in the reason why Conor McGregor sits at the top of this sport? And I don't care what anybody says. Like, I think he's going to kill Eddie Alvarez. That's me personally. But, you know... The fact of the matter is that Conor McGregor is the draw. Like, UFC fighters need to be a little bit more happy that this isn't boxing. Because then it doesn't matter at all what you do. Like, you can have a bunch of sanctioning bodies telling you that you're the number one contender or some other contender. Or you could be a guy that just doesn't defend the title. Like, you could be Canelo Alvarez. Like, you could fight anybody. Yep. It, like, be happy that at least there is some kind of structure. I, the UFC, there's a lot of things it needs to fix. Don't get me wrong. But threatening to quit and retire, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Nothing. Nothing. Not a damn thing. At least Aldo's had some, like, pay-per-view money. He's had some big fights. He held the championship for a while. Yeah. Brazil, you know, cost of living can't be that much. Yeah, like, he'll be fine. But guys like Ally Akinta, like, like, unless you're going to go to Bellator, unless you – because that's where the thing really factors in. If you go to Bellator and take more money to go to Bellator – and you're like Ally Akinto or you're Jose Aldo. You're turning Bellator into WCW. And the Monday Night Wars will be starting up all over again. And that's something I would love to see. But if you're just talking... It's and you're still not, second like, rate, though. Because even they know it's still second rate. But that, that's fine. But you're getting paid more. Like, WCW was second rate to a lot of people for a long time. And when they signed the bigger names, so then people would watch WCW... Then you realize that the cruiserweight division was excellent because that's the, the main thing about Bellator is like they sign these these names, but they have some great fighters in their division like Daniel Strauss. I mean, you got Joe Warren. I mean, there's a lot of guys there. Eduardo Johnson. Like, there's just they're loaded with talent, but nobody watches that talent. So you you got to find a way to get them in. So if you got guys from the UFC who are unhappy coming over, you're gonna get more eyeballs to Bellator. They can Bellator can eventually have a pay per view. Bellator can do like. They may be second rate now, but sooner or later, like nobody sits on top forever. You're going to give them a run for their money. WCW gave the WWE a run for their money, 
And that's exactly what Bellator has to do. And the only way that happens is if these disgruntled fighters do something about it and make a move. They have to. No, yeah. I mean, if they can pull it off, more power to them. But to me, it still takes the sideshow for Bellator Bellator to sell. But the same thing with WCW, I guess. It was. I mean, the sideshow was... I mean, you, like, like I said, like the cruiserweight division was the meat and potatoes, like Jericho, Guerrero, Benoit. Like that was like the, the meat and potatoes, Mysterio of WCW. But it was like the NWO and Hollywood Hogan and, and like the big names coming over from WWE that they used to, to catapult them into the, the, uh, the spotlight. So Bellator needs to do the same thing. Yes, we're going to get Chael Sonnen and Vandalay Silva. And nobody's going to be happy about it. That really <laughs> loves MMA. But... You know, casual p- people will tune in because they know those names. They know who Tito Ortiz is. They know it would have been a great guys. fight in 2008. Of course, yeah. it would have been a great fight in 2004. But you know, that's not what you're. That's not what you're getting. So you have to put on these sideshows. So let them, let it let it happen, and then you kind of take it from there. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about UFC 204. UFC uh, 204. Um, it's it was top heavy. That's, is that the best thing I can say? It was top heavy. It was, but it was bu- entertaining. It was, it was busty. Um, yes, it was. I think eleven or thirteen fights ended in finishes. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, I often, I when it's not in Vegas, I go and watch it at a bar, Miller's Ale House, which is dope. Shout out to Miller's. We need cop a sponsorship from there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I go there. I watch all the fights there. If anyone's randomly in Vegas and want to watch a fight with me, you guys are more than welcome. Um, I'll be there for the Connor fight. So I was watching there and it was like the thinnest crowd I had seen there in months. People were just more talking amongst themselves and watching the fights. It was kind of like, oh, all right. And then the finishes were like, okay, cool. It finally finished. Like it finished in a dope way. But while the fights were going, I was like, eh, ho-hum. I mean, it wasn't like the greatest lineup, but there were, there were good fights on this card. Um, let's start with the main event. Dan Henderson, uh... Michael Bisping. What a place to start. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who did you have winning? I had Bisping winning. I had him one, two, and I counted the takedown as a legit takedown in the fifth. You must be talking about Dan Henderson, not Bisping. Oh, excuse me, Dan Henderson. I'm bugging. Yeah. Um, Dan Henderson. So I had Dan Henderson winning one, two, and five, not Bisping. And one could have been a 10-8 round um, based on the new rules for 10-8 rounds. Because you yeah. just have to knock someone down and get close to a finish, which I believe he was well within the time limit, which would deem that a 10-8 round. If Nate Diaz received a 10-8 round versus Conor McGregor in the third, this, to me, was definitely a 10-8 round in the first. Yeah, uh, you know what? I, I agree with you. I had Henderson winning this fight three rounds or two, but I gave you know I gave him a 10-8 round. If that's not a 10-8 round, I don't know what is. Because... In boxing, took his face off. <laughs> yeah, in, in boxing, no matter how well you're doing, if you get dropped, unless you're completely dominating the round and get dropped, then you have a 10 10 round. But if you get dropped at any point in the round, it's a 10 8 round. And I get in MMA, there, there's you know different ways to drop somebody, but he hit, a, hit him with an H bomb and damn near killed him. There's no, there's nothing else I could see but a 10 8 round there, and because of that. There's no way I could see, even if you get, like, the worst I could have saw was a draw. But I think Dan Henderson won this fight. I think Dan, I, it's frightening because a guy who's ranked outside of the top 10 gave the champion hell. One um, hell of a run. And everybody said, you know, oh, he doesn't deserve the fight. But look what he did when he got the opportunity. 
So that H bomb will have power until he's eighty years old. Yeah, and, and if for whatever reason, Bisping can't avoid it. Like you know, as I said on Twitter, like you know, Michael Bisping. I mean, Dan Henson rules with an iron fist, and Michael Bisping's face is a magnet because there's no way he can get away from that punch. He's it, it's it just the same setup all the time, though. Yeah, jab, jab, paw, paw, fire. That's it. And, and he drops Bisping. the shoulder. It's so telegraphed. And for some reason, Bisping's left hand just kept going down. It's like, yo, when he drops the shoulder, it's coming. Like, don't yeah. don't extend your left hand. It's crazy. Um, but what does that say about your champion, though? If he almost gets beat by a guy who's ranked outside of the top 10, who's it's, on his way out, he's 46 years old. It says what we thought all along. And so that all of our guests thought all along. Anyone who's been on this show has said the same damn thing. Whoever gets to him next has the lottery ticket because you're winning the belt. It's true. He, he had the perfect storm of events. He took Rockhold on two weeks' notice. He said, this is my shot. He said he hasn't had a full camp to prepare for me. He's been thinking Weidman, 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 bringing in wrestlers. He's going to come in. He's going to be disappointed. He's going to be overly... I guess confident because he knocked me out once and I'm going to just rush him and be out of character for the first round because that's not the Bisping we know. Mm-mm. That first round against Rockhold, that aggression isn't the Bisping we know. He said, I took this on two weeks, YOLO. If I lose, I lose. I got nothing to lose. And he went out there, he rushed him and caught him. Now if Bisping fought like that all the time, I might give him a chance to have a nice little title run. But we just saw what Bisping always does and reverted right back to. He's a jabber and someone who circles you. He doesn't try to take you down, so he's not necessarily great at outpointing you unless you let him throw more volume than you, which doesn't happen in most of his fights. Anderson Silva, for a couple rounds, out threw him until he slowed down. So Bisping has had great fights recently against... A guy who was washed up in Anderson Silva. Yeah, I said it. But he's still a great name. Still one of the greatest fighters ever. But he caught him at the end of his road. He caught a guy on two weeks notice who overlooked him. And then he lost, in my opinion, to a guy who's 46 years old who got dominated by the likes of Daniel Cormier and others in recent memory. So it's just like, you know what? Great. The guy's a Hall of Famer. And that's what I said on Twitter. Bisping is a Hall of Famer. People were even saying he's fighter of the year this year. Fine. On paper, give it to him. But with my eyes, he ran into the perfect storm. To me, he's not even a top five fighter in that division. (laughs) And he holds the belt. I mean, again, everything you said is true. Michael Bisping has, he's lucked his way. You know, I mean, he's had to fight. I mean, he, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's had to win his fights. He's had to stay upright. He had to show heart. He had to do what he had to do. I give him credit for all that. But, like, I wrote a piece on Sheridog just kind of outlining his course to get here. Um, because, you know, Dan Henderson, if Dan Henderson didn't beat Hector Lombard on one the same card that Michael Bisping beat Luke Rocco, we wouldn't have seen Bisping against Henderson. We would have seen Bisping probably against Weidman or somebody else. And he probably would have lost. If you go back even further, like, yeah, he, he found his way. Like, if that third round went different, if there was a different referee in the Anderson Silva fight, he may have been knocked out. <laughs> like that would not, that fight could have been over. If I mean you go back to the Talis latest fight and Bisping was robbed and he barely survived that third round and ended up winning a split decision. So Bisping has has had a very fortunate turn of events. But 
you know, people were frustrated because I well, didn't like the fact that I said, when will Bisping's luck run out? It's about to run out. Because, you know, between Rockhold, Jacare, and Weidman, and even Romero, and maybe even Tim Kennedy, there is a bunch of guys that can, are going to beat the hell out of Michael Bisping. Bisping's going to have to show me something. But as of right Tim now, Kennedy? Yeah, Tim Kennedy. Damn, I didn't even think of Tim Kennedy. I probably could have put Tim Kennedy above him, too. Tim Kennedy, Gegar Musashi. Gegar, to me, Gegar and him, I, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, I put Gegar in front of him, but I was like, yo, it'll be close. But yeah, Gegar like, might like, kill him though. Like to be honest, he might ground and pound the hell out of him. I mean, because Tim Kennedy's got Rashad Evans, so it's there's a lot of guys jockeying for a fight with Michael Bisping. So it's a it's a battle of who has the most impressive victory in the middleweight division next. Will it be Rockhold versus Jacare? Will it be Weidman and Romero? I mean, Gegard, he's sitting on the outside, kind of just waiting, but he looked great against Vitor Belfort, the non-TRT Vitor, whatever. But the fact of the matter is Bisping's time. Like, he's just biding time. Like, enjoy the championship. Keep it warm. I don't think he's going to be able to hold on to it for another fight. No, no, no. It's just now the biggest race in that division becomes who's more impressive in this next series of fights. Yeah, that's it. Because we have a true tournament bracket without having a tournament it's just like okay we have two semifinal matches but you guys don't fight each other at the end to see who gets bisping you guys now have to just be super impressive and whoever lands the knockout first or knocks out their opponent or taps their opponent the quickest probably gets the belt and the other one gets a tim kennedy yep so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. This 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 rest of this division is interesting. Um, what else we got to talk about in MMA? Anything uh, of interest? Conor McGregor fined 150k. This is so stupid by the Nevada Commission. He ain't coming back, and it's a damn shame. We might have seen yeah. the last of McGregor in Vegas. This this was such a trivial, pointless fine, like because it was so much because it's five percent of his purse. But they could have just said ten thousand dollars. Like community service is an embarrassment for what <laughs> media <laughs> media like, training. He, like, <laughs> he's the last person that needs media training. Like this was a horrible decision by the Nevada Athletic Commission. They're trying to make a point because what this really means and what they're doing is they're putting their foot down, which is really bad for John Jones, by the way. Yeah, they're putting they're their just foot down, trying to show how big their sack is. Yeah. That's so, it. but. The problem is, is that Connor's going to make you like 10 times more than a little measly 5% fine you levied him with. So why even go there? Like, give him a warning. Give him a $10,000 fine. Like, don't give him community service. Like, come on, man. Like, he didn't rob a bank. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just he threw a water bottle in self-defense. Monster. It's kind of... It's stupid. It's yeah. He threw a monster rock star. Like <laughs> let the sponsor be mad. Like come on. Like when Conor says he doesn't want to fight in Vegas again, maybe that will change because the, I mean the UFC holds most of their events in Vegas, and you know Conor should fight here, like the fight capital of the world. But this was so stupid and trivial, and I'm I'm really disappointed in the commission for doing this dumb shit. Yeah, UFC got to pick up that tab though. If they want Conor yeah, to fight here again, like just put up the 150k. Throw it under the rug. I already got it. So just yeah. have him write that check. That's, um, this, this was dumb. <laughs> so crazy. And the only other thing in MMA is Greg Hardy, which has kind of flown under the radar, but it's gotten some traction. He wants to switch over. NFL's like, nah, bro, you're not good enough to play here anymore, plus the baggage. And so he's like, I want to try my hand at MMA. He has the frame. I don't care. You can't go beating up women in one sport and then come over to another sport and use your hands to beat up people. Like, you can't do that. 
Technically, no. he wasn't beating up women in the other sport. He was tackling grown men. Well, no, but you can't. And, and fairly have, good at it. He was great at it, but you can't ha, you can't be pushed out of the league because of domestic abuse and then go to another sport because it makes that sport even look worse. Especially when you go back to that that whole HBO uh, real sports thing where they talked about War Machine and and how bad domestic violence in the MMA is. Yeah, you can't get a, a domestic violent. It's person. already a problem. Yeah, like you can't bring Greg Hardy into this. No, no, you don't do but it. But how do you stop a man from just training and competing? He can train, but if I'm a promoter, I'm not signing him. That's all. Like, you, you can train all you want. You can go to American Top Team. You can go to Team Alpha Male for all I care, but you're not <laughs> stepping in this cage. Like, it's just it's a, it's a bad for the sport to have him switch over because it, it wouldn't be a problem if Greg Hardy retired and then said, I want to do MMA. But no, he got pushed out of the league. Because of domestic abuse. And I think he was found not guilty, by the way. It doesn't matter. It's tri- like I said, it's trial <laughs> media. Just letting you know, just stating the facts. Sometimes yeah, facts it, don't matter. Yeah, we also found George Zimmerman not guilty. And like we also <laughs> found Johannes Mesley not guilty for killing Oscar Grant. I don't give a shit about the court. The court is it's not what really matters at the end of the day to a lot of people. It's how perception is. And somebody who's accused, whether they're guilty or not, it's not a good look for a sport that has been under scrutiny for having for being considered a violent sport where guys can't control themselves and they all beat up their women, and which is weird because it happens more in football than MMA. But whatever, there's a lot more they try people to play in football. MMA. Yeah, there's a lot more people in football, but it is what it is. Greg Hardy, no, no, thank you. Stay the fuck where you're at. You got money. Chill out. You don't need to fight. <laughs> you're good. Uh, now we can talk boxing though, and boxing has had a little bit of uptick. We talked boxing on last week's show. I think it's been two weeks in a row. That we talk boxing. So it's, it's making a comeback on our show. Um, first thing I got to talk about is Adrian Broner. Yo, yo, he needs help. Like, on, on the real, like, it's not even funny anymore. Well, see, I don't know what the truth of that matter is with these suicide texts. Did someone hack that. him? Like, is that going to be the next thing? Like, yo, I was hacked? He said that. I mean, somebody said that, that he was hacked. Um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn shame when you don't care. Like, what if it was real? Because a lot of people didn't care. They were just like, yeah. oh, what, 3 o'clock? What, what time zone are we talking here? I just want to see if he's going to do it. That was people's honest-to-God reaction to it. It's like, how much of a clown do you think this guy is now? When people are just like, oh, yeah, he's going to kill himself at 3? All right, tell, let me check in at 3.05. Yeah, like, no one was like, yo, let me help this dude. Or, uh, yo, let's actually be concerned about him. No one I mean, even thought it was real. I, I can't help him, so that's why I don't care. Um, the people near him need to, he need he's needed help for a long time, and hopefully this is not real. And hopefully that you know he if if he needed help he gets the help that he needs. But there's nothing I can really do for this man. And it is weird. I mean, look, I don't want to sound completely insensitive, but Adrian Broner has it better than a lot of us. So financially speaking, he's doing well, and I, that doesn't mean it takes away whatever's going on in your head, because you can be depressed, you can have suicidal thoughts, you can be bipolar, it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. Saw that with Kid Cudi recently. Of course. Like, mental health issues are a big thing in the African-American community that we do not discuss. But in the case of Adrian Broner, if he's going to need get help, I'm not responsible for his help. The people, Matthew, Matt Stafford, his team, I mean, Matt Stafford, um, Mike Stafford, his, his coach, his team, his friends, those close to him, they got to stop letting Adrian Broner continue to do dumb shit. Rick Ross. <laughs> Everybody, like, yo, anybody who's had contact with AB, just, just put eyes on him. Because 
right now he hasn't had a fight in how long now? Which is a whole nother thing. Like Al Heyman, what started off so well in PBC has it just gone out the window? By the oh, way. they're they're running they're running on fumes. They thought this was going to be a lot bigger than it was, and it's not. No, but yeah, but the case of Broner is like I hope. Whatever it is, I hope he gets healthy he needs, and I hope he doesn't. People don't let him continue to run wild because he's a star boxer. Like, reel his ass in. He's yeah. growing up. He's getting older. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna got like nine learn, kids, right? Yeah, he's gonna learn that. Hopefully, he learns the error in his ways and he settles down with age. But you know, if you continue to be an advocate for his bad behavior and then get surprised when he wants to kill himself, you're part of the problem. So the people that's close to him need to help him get help him get help. Yeah, it's time for A.B., who is the problem. Like, come on, man. He, yeah, he exactly. has a problem. Let's get, the, let's get the guy some help. You know um, who else has a problem? Tyson Fury. <laughs> Tyson Fury has the problem. The problem oh of God. the privileged. Jesus. Um, cocaine's one hell of a drug. What? <laughs> it's never been truer than it is now. Like, he hit his plateau, his peak of his career. He was about ready to cash out. And he couldn't stay off of the the cocaine. Like, come on, man. Yo, Listen, I've never been, done coke. It's probably amazing, been, but it ain't worth that. Dog, he hasn't been in a boxing ring since he beat Klitschko. He admitted that in the Rolling Stone interview. No, like he hasn't even practiced. He's like, like yo, this, I'm out of here. This is a joke. <laughs> and it's like, for a heavyweight division that's already been in shambles for years, for this guy who actually – Brought some entertainment to him with his bombastic personality, like the crazy shit that he does and says. Like for him to completely fall off, just it just hurts the sport even more. In hindsight, the coke may have also been responsible for the wild shit that he said. In hindsight, foresight, twenty twenty, whatever. <laughs> Dog, you know, yes, the coke may have fueled a lot of the the stuff we like about Tyson Fury. The coke um, is, yeah, the coke is absolutely a part of it, but. Man, it's like it's so like the heavyweight division is now. It needs to regroup. Like all, he's gonna have to drop all the titles, and everybody's gonna have to go collect them. Yeah, and that's you know, and, and this would be the perfect time for a tournament. If he makes a if he makes a comeback, though, I would suggest he come out to white lines. Oh I, mean, I don't. I, would, I don't so think dope. he's coming back. I think this is over. No, no, I think he's a rap too. Though. <laughs> I mean, you can't bounce back. He was at the peak. Like if that doesn't fuel you, you beat a fighter many thought was unbeatable. You were in line to rematch that fighter for an even bigger paycheck. Yeah, or put over a young fighter like Anthony Joshua. Regardless, you were cashing out. Yep. Maybe in two fights. He could have lost to Klitschko, fought Joshua after that, took the L, and made two big paychecks. It would have bought a lot of Coke. He wasn't looking <laughs> at the long run. Like, Coke's not cheap. How do you fuel a Coke habit if you can't do, like, day-to-day -day work shit? Just uh, yeah, this is all bad. All bad. Guy, yo, boxing needs rehab. Boxers, boxing, everything needs rehab at this point. Oh yeah. Um, what else we got to talk about with boxing? Oh, your boy Danny Garcia. Swift. Um, <laughs> Cherry Ooh. Garcia. Cherry picking Garcia. Yo. So, so first off, on. shout out to Keith Thurman for the Cherry Garcia post on Twitter. Oh, that was with beautiful. the Photoshop. Oh, came through in the clutch. But. <laughs> Yo, Yo is, are they really fight. selling us this fight? And it's the same night as the UFC 205. It's going to be a rough <laughs> night for Philly. So what does this mean? Like, how do you feel about a guy like Danny Garcia? He hasn't fought in a while. 
fighting a tune-up fight before he allegedly fights Keith Thurman. Okay, you can't fight someone that a prospect that people want to see you fight already demolished. That's yeah. all for it. Errol Spence beat the shit out of him. Errol Spence came through and just wrecked shop. So right now it's like, why are you just not fighting Errol Spence then? Like, I don't... <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, I, I don't understand the logic behind this. How is this, this benefit Danny Garcia? It doesn't. Why not just spar, if that's the case? Mm, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's not a good like, answer to any. Like, what the hell is Al Heyman doing? Like, he's just sitting in the back, and he's just like, yo, is it going down? Cool. Just how much money can we save? Like, let's not put on any big fights before the ship sinks, so I could just pocket a little bit more cash. That has to be it. I don't understand how Danny Garcia and his father sat there knowing the criticism that has been heaped on them for the past couple of years now, get offered a fight with Samuel Vargas, who got ran over by Errol Spence, who's ranked beneath Danny Garcia, and say, we'll take that guy. And this is how we're going to get the haters off of us. It doesn't work like that. You've got to fight. Like This is why I said like boxing. Like If the UFC were boxing, there'd be a big problem. Like, cause in everything, there's no rules. Rankings don't matter. Everything's out the window. But, dude, really? Why do you need a tune-up fight of this caliber? Like, if you fight somebody else, go fight Amir Khan again. Fight, but you gotta fight somebody. Like, these keep busy fights against guys. Like, go fight. I mean, dude, you fought Rod Salka, a cab driver. <laughs> Man, like Danny Garcia is a joke. But it's, it's not just him. It's, it's PBC. It's boxing as a whole that allows this shit to happen. Totally unfair. Yo, it's and crazy. It, and there's... Okay, we get one good fight coming up. So they're giving us one good fight. So cool. Boxing can hang his hat on that. But do you have any hope for 2017? That we get to see anything we want to see? Do we even see Thurman Garcia then? Do I we see so. Spence get a legit fight? Can Crawford uh, fight anyone of note? It's tough, man. Because, I mean... We have two good fights to close out the year. So we have Ward Kovalev and we have Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters. Why do which I, I keep really forgetting about that? Well, I don't know. I don't but know. November's become an extraordinarily heavy month. Where I mean, is that fight? Uh, when? Fight. Where? 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 Cosmopolitan. Oh, it's here. It's here in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got a good November. We're going to be no- busy as shit. Yeah, November. We got Pacquiao Vargas, which is a fight that I don't care about. But the undercard is Oscar Valdez, which I'm interested in seeing. And Magdaleno and Nonito Donaire. So I'm, I'm intrigued with the undercard. Yeah, I'm happy to, about you know, to go cover that. It's cool. I'd be happy um, if it wasn't at... Uh... At Thomas and Mac, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, for lunch we're gonna have hot dogs and chicken fingers. That's what the Thomas and Mac delivers. Um, but you know, then we got Ward Kovalev, and then we got Lomachenko Walters, which are, these are three great fights. But boxing is just when it, when we reach a high with boxing, we get these inexplicable lows, like Danny Garcia fighting Samuel Vargas. And there's no like this is why the UFC wins because on November 12th, boxing fans are gonna go. I should probably watch UFC 205. Because yeah. I'm not going to, like, why would I watch this? Like, even if I lived in Philly. Unless it's I a lived, staggered start. Yo, son, if I lived in the arena where Danny <laughs> Garcia is fighting Samuel Vargas, I would leave and go to New York to watch UFC 205 in a bar in New York. <laughs> in a bar. I swear, like, I, I'm telling you, if I lived in that arena in Philly, I would leave that arena, drive to New York, and go to a bar to watch <laughs> UFC 205. I don't know if they were trying to capitalize, like, okay, yo, a Philly fighter is going to be in the mainstream 
media cycle. Maybe we throw our Philly fighter on the same night. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure if a time has been announced. We've seen daytime fights. And it's Go going to be the same time. They don't care. They really think, like, boxing is still the old mindset where they think that, you know, their audiences don't really cross over. So whoever's going to watch boxing watches boxing and MMA. Not the case. Conor McGregor fights, it has now become the, the minor league equivalent to a Floyd Mayweather fight where people who don't watch the sport are going to be tuning in. Yeah, they're bugging. And the undercard in UFC 205 is the best ever. So I'm not changing the channel to go to Spike. Yeah, like, no, like, look, UFC 205 is by far the greatest MMA card in the history of MMA on paper. On paper, easily. I mean, we've it's, seen some great ones. Like, they turned out to be great. 189 is, was really great. Yeah, but, I mean, we've never seen prelims that feature former champions. Like, like just now, former champions. Like, a fight ago. Or guys who are number one contenders a fight ago. Boxing, boxing. this is what I feel like boxing has needed to do for quite some time, is to, to start stacking their cards. Like, stop doing, like, 20 different PBC cards on Bounce TV. Get one good card, put yeah. it on NBC... With three title fights, that makes sense. Not not three title defenses against trash. I'm talking about Porter Thurman, and then you put Santa Cruz on Frampton on the same card. Yep. Like, give me a reason to watch boxing. Don't make me just want to watch one fight. And then if, if that fight's not good, then I'm disinterested. But that's been boxing's problem. You know. I, I thought I they should do the same. I think I said it on a show like a couple weeks ago um, when we had Lawson on as a co-host. But I was like, boxing should go to the WWE model of the main guy should fight in four yearly pay-per-views. Yeah. And you give HBO two of them, and you give Showtime the other two. And you say, okay, you guys stack those two. You get two main cards. You stack those two with your best. You know, three or four best fighters for pay-per-view. HBO, you get two pay-per-views. You stack your best fighters on those two pay-per-views. And then you guys get monthly... Once a month boxing shows, PBC, you can do that, whatever the hell you want. Once a month boxing shows for the people that are up and coming. So if Errol Spence isn't ready for the pay-per-view, make him headline the once a month boxing show. Yeah, all this makes sense, but boxing just refuses to conform. They don't want to work together. They don't want to say, yo, you get this month, I get that month. No, let's compete in the same month and cut our money in half. Stupid. Like I, like I said, I love boxing. I, I've been covering boxing longer than I've been covering MMA, but I've been watching ever since I was a kid. It's just hard to see these things continue to happen, especially when every now and then you get these really good fights and you're like trying to tell people, like, boxing still is on life support. It's, you know, we might be taking it off of life support to live, but then it's going to die because it's then the dumb shit like Stanley Garcia Samuel Vargas fight. Promoters are killing it. Fuck boxing. I love <laughs> it, but fuck it. Um, um, so now that's it for now, man. We got to take another break. Shout out to the sponsors. Make sure you guys stay through the break. We're talking wrestling and a lot of it when we come back. Until then, here they are. Before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've got to give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies, springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air it's that great and this is how we get our sleep so you guys make sure that you check it out casper mattresses are made in the usa and have free shipping and returns to the u.s and canada shout out to the great north you can buy your casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk-free 
Look, dude, you spend like a third of your life sleeping. And Casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit. Look, so if you are satisfied with the Casper mattress, you got a 100-day period. Yeah, that's right, 100 days. You know, like, 100 days of sleeping, by, by about that time, I think I know if I like my mattress. So get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's Casper.com backslash the corner. Promo code the corner to save $50 towards your Casper purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Look, again, man, I like to sleep, and these things are for real. All right, everybody, welcome back. Andreas missed the whole TNA wave in wrestling, so that's where we're going to start. You know, for a second, people thought Andreas got deleted. <laughs> but brother no. Hale is in effect. He is back yes. on the show. Uh, yo, is this the end of TNA? Like, is it just a drawn out process? Are we seeing the pieces crumble in front of us? I kind of think so. I mean, they're going to go through this rebranding. They sold it. Well, it hasn't gone finalized yet, but it seems like they're selling their video catalog um, to WWE, which means TNA as we know it will be gone. And they have no place, history. Yeah, in its place will be a brand new wrestling promotion um apparently like moose has won some championship and uh and i know that um eddie edwards beat bobby lashley the day after bound for glory so I'm like what the fuck but um it seems like they're going to move into a new direction and whatever they're going to call it with billy corgan at, at the head is that maybe? the smashing pumpkin yeah okay cool. so uh, yeah, they, they, this is the end of TNA as we know it. It's over. Like, they're doing their last run of recordings. I don't know how it ends, but, it, you know, I don't know how this rebrand begins. And I don't know how people just, like, separate the two. Like, whatever it is, like, remember Global Force Wrestling? Where'd that go? Nowhere? Yeah, I was about to say Global Force. Like, Jeff Jarrett was actually ahead of the wave. Because yeah. he was like, yo, we got to just rebrand and try something different. Like, this is a sinking ship. And they didn't want to listen. You know, sadly, he didn't take all the talent. Global Force might have yeah. worked if they just moved all the talent over like they wanted to do now. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, like I said, hopefully these guys are getting paid on time. They've got challenge at TNA. You see guys like Trevor Lee over there. You see Moose, of course. You see Bobby Lashley, Eddie Edwards, the Wolves, the Hardys. Like, they have talent. It's just that the, the brand has been ruined over the past <laughs> decade. So it's like, I don't even, like I said, I don't know if a rebranding is going to save it because it's going to be the same pieces, but you got to get Dixie Carter the fuck out of there. Oh, Dixie's a rat. Like, Dixie's just overstayed her welcome. Like, nothing good has happened during that era. I mean, until now, mm. right? With the Hardys, like Final Deletion, yeah. all this stuff, EC3, ran into like a good run, and it's the perfect time to transition. If you're going to transition, transition now and build it around these characters. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they have a good set. Like, EC3 is a great character. Like, they have a good set of wrestlers. They just have really bad ideas. So they just got to be fixed. Um, and it's easier said than done because you got there's a lot of work that has to be done. But I think they've figured out a few things with the Hardys, um, you know, and, and they have good wrestlers. So I don't want like, to see them go away. Like, I want to see WWE have, it's not even really competition, but just somebody else to steal from eventually. So that's what fuels. That's all it really is. is WWE just kind of looks around and is like, what are they doing over there? All right, we're going to steal that. Because it's not really competition. We're either going to steal their talent or we're going to steal their ideas. So, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the WWE is good at that, though, right? Worst comes worst, if you can't beat them, buy them. 
Yeah. And that's the way it's going. Like, steal from them and dare them to say something. Yep. Like, I just stole, blat- like, like the New Day Wyatt's view was a blatant theft of the, the Broken Hardy's thing. Blatant. <laughs> and but, but who's going to tell Vince, like, duh, you just stole from TNA? And he's like, who the fuck is TNA? Who the fuck is this guy? Like, that's what, <laughs> that's what how Vince Man treats other companies. So, yeah. I just like to see him exist so wrestlers have work. That's all. I just want to see other people get paid. No, yeah. I mean, I can't wait until WWE starts raiding Lucha Underground for all the people they cut. Uh, once upon a time, dude. Um, I, I, that's like, look, I'm about midway through, almost done with the second season of Lucha Underground, and that is actually a better product than WWE right now. Like that shit is good. It's just a lot. Like they do their talking and scripted stuff to make it different, and then it's in ring stuff. Like they don't act like they're anything else but a like a theatrical wrestling promotion. That's it. Like. They're very well produced with excellent storylines. They're fun. The wrestling is really good, and it's an hour a week, and it flies by yep. because it's so they well. They pack produced. a lot into that hour, though. Yeah, I mean, they do. A, it's just a really, really good job. Um, but you know, it's, we'll, it's, we'll see. The WWE once again will take their model. They got their ears to the streets now. Yeah, they know what's going on. They ain't stupid. No, and. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as like something dwindles and like their ratings take a hit, trust me. SmackDown, truth be told, SmackDown is kind of turning into more of that type of model. Oh yeah. SmackDown Definitely. is more of the Lucha Underground model and the ROH type of model than Raw. And I like watching SmackDown better. Everybody, I think we've got like I was one of the key people that was critical of the SmackDown roster, but they're they have they have a better show. Yeah, the show is better. The roster still sucks. Yeah, this for is the most part. Show. But they're doing a lot with a little. Absolutely. Um, talking about that, let's our tour around the world and in indie promotions and smaller promotions. New Japan just had King of Pro Wrestling. Did you watch it? I watched three matches: two that you suggested, and I had to watch Omega. Yeah, the Omega match was okay. Yeah, um, I just. Now they got me. They got me on the hook to see if he loses his opportunity to fight for the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. I no, don't he think won't. he does. He won't. There was no way in hell. Like The thing about that, the King of Pro Wrestling pay-per-view was that it was a, a pay-per-view where nobody was going to lose. That like for a mi- The thing was, the Marafuji Okada match, for a minute there, I thought Okada was going to lose. I thought Marafuji was actually going to get him. But yeah. the reality is, is that the, the, the Wrestle Kingdom main event is set. Um, Okada's not losing, you know, they just had to, I mean, I mean, Okada's not losing and Omega's not losing. That's, that's where we're going, but it's still, it was still a really good show. Um, the Young Bucks match was lackluster. Uh, you know, it just, it didn't do anything for me, but as a whole, I felt like, you know, a year ago we're like, man, is, is, you know, is, uh, is New Japan going to be over with cause it got rated? No. The answer is no. No. Like they're right back at it. Yeah, and, they, and they're still as good as they ever were. Like, they are fun to watch with really good wrestling. I don't understand what happened to Matt Seidel. That's what ruined the Young Bucks match for me. Yeah, something like happened. Ricochet, why would he go for the title without Seidel? I don't understand. Well, something happened where I heard he had, like, you know, passport issues or something of that nature that caused him to, to not be able to uh, compete. Somebody, If anybody's more privy to this situation than I, please let us know. But... It was it was something to that effect. It was the reason why that uh, Seidel wasn't competing at this. So that um, threw off that whole match for me. Because without that, yeah. it's a great match. Yeah, I mean Jay White was you know he's whatever, but 
Yeah, I just wish I wish we would have had Seidel because uh, it would have been better. But yeah. it was your typical Young Bucks match. They pretty much dominated that entire match, too. I didn't so. watch the Briscoes match versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Don't watch them. Gorillas of Destiny are the worst thing about New Japan right How now. How did they They're, win, though? Like, I don't understand. Well, it's because the won Briscoes clean, are full-time? Um, yeah, it's, and I think they want to... They want to focus on New Japan um, keeping things in-house, heading towards wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom, because I think there's like two more New Japan pay-per-views before January. The Bristols so, could be the best tag team in New Japan, though. They could. Especially but, for I, like the regular tag championships, what they lost with Anderson and Gallows, they really could slide right into that role, even as part-timers. Yeah, no, I agree. But Gorillas of Destiny, who they are trying to force that role on, not happening. Right. Grizzly Destiny is terrible. Um, what else was there? There was a Will Ospreay match somewhere. Oh, they defeated the Bullet Club. Uh, you know, the lesser Bullet Club. Yeah. Die Bullet Club, they beat them. That was all right. Um, you know me. I was a big fan of Shibata versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, just, I love those two just going at it. I thought Ugh. Bobby Fish yelling, bite his hand when he was putting the sleeper was great. Um, <laughs> Then you had the, uh, the the pro wrestling Noah guys against New Japan guys in that tag match, um, fueling that feud, which will be some kind of crazy match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I heard uh, all, Elgin got hurt though. Yeah, I heard that too. He broke um, his uh, like his bone in his face. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. he's the IC champ over Naito, and it's just amazing to see how over Naito is. That guy as a keel is like super over. Oh, Na- Naito is what second most popular person right now in New Japan. I- I've yeah. seen Naito shirts on people just walking around. Yeah, dude, the dude is he's so good. And if you go back, those who watched New Japan, when he was a face, he was terrible and annoying. He was like Kurt Angle annoying. <laughs> and then he turned heel, and it's like this, this. Then this he was like new... Kurt Angle heel. Kurt Angle yeah. heel was amazing. Yeah, he's just been so good. Like even him not having the jam- the title is crazy, but you know. He doesn't have, I mean, he's got the IC title back, so it's like, and he just doesn't give a shit, which is fun. He doesn't care. So yeah. I'm a big Naito fan. Uh, so all in all, like, I feel like New Japan is doing just as good as it were. Even to have a, a pay-per-view where the card doesn't look that great, you got guys like Tanahashi on the mid-card, it's still delivered. And I was still more intrigued with that than most other wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah, the Omega match, to me, it wasn't bad. It's, it was a long match um, for, like, not a lot of spots. Or anything that excited me. It was just a little too long, in my opinion. You could have gave that time elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he had a better match with, with him uh, at um, the, uh, the uh, G1, G1 finals. Yeah, yeah, the G1 match was a lot better. Um, but I can understand the storyline behind it. It's just the match wasn't as good. Yeah, no, it wasn't. And, and you knew, like I said, you knew who was going to win. Omega was not losing his briefcase and his title opportunity. So, um, And the Okada match, it, it's weird because... I like. I thought the Marafuji kind of like rivalry is the natural spinoff. But how long do you take it? Well, this is it. It's a one-off. Marafuji goes back to Noah after this. I mean, there was no way Marafuji was going to win this this match. But I just think they did an excellent job storytelling. There was a lot of times where I was like, oh, shit. There's one more pay-per-view before Wrestle Kingdom, though, right? Yeah. So but you're going to have gonna... back-to-back one-offs for your champion? Of course. That's how they always do it. They don't. They, it's not going to be an extended feud. That's so weird. So, so, like, Okada wrestled Marafuji, and uh, who else beat Okada at G1? Somebody else beat Okada. Bad Luck Fale did. Yeah, I but he's, he's in tactics. Like, yeah, it looks like he, I mean, it looks like he's going to be engaged with uh, Tomohiro Ishii. But, um, 
Yeah, it's just whoever they put Okada against, he's going to win. So it doesn't really matter. Um, no, I mean, un, until Wrestle Kingdom. And I'll tell you yeah. right now, I'm I'm picking against Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, it looks like Kenny Omega will become the champ. Yeah. It looks like it's his time. Time for the for Omega to come through and just sweep it up. But it's New Japan, so you never know. There were times where we were like, man, Tanahashi's going to lose this title to Okada. Okada's destined to win the title, and Tanahashi beat him. So it's like, New Japan does a good job. Yo, unless the writing is on the wall with Omega leaving, which I'm not, I don't think his contract's up anytime soon, actually. Oh, he, he should um, stay where he's at, too. Unless the writing's on the wall, I don't know how he doesn't win the belt. No, I mean, there are ways. Like, when Nakamura never won the heavyweight title. so I know, which is ways. still mind-boggling. Yeah, it's it's New Japan. They are yeah, you know they they they're deep in the long title runs, um, and they respect the guys that have been sitting on top for a long time, and they just don't fold when you think they're going to fold. Tanahashi yeah. should have folded a long time ago. I can't believe here. I can't believe Okada's my age. Like just <laughs> looking through all the shit that he's already done, and yeah. then I saw the other day, I was like, yo, he's twenty eight. Yeah, he's young. I was like, yeah, there's there's no way they keep him through through the entirety of his wrestling career. He said, he's never he's so he said he's never leaving. I, I can't believe it. Just because he's so young. He's already done everything. Already. At 28 years old. Unless he's going to be John Cena. He will. And, and just wreck every record of most title defenses. You know, most times you've captured the belt. Blah, blah. It's crazy. Because his pace is just unbelievable. Yeah, he, I mean, he'll, he's, I don't think he'll ever come back to the States, especially after his, if you go back and watch his TNA run, which was absolutely dreadful, um, there's no reason for him to ever come here. You know, like, why, like, coming to the WWE right now, is they're too crowded. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, if, not right now, but say like three, four years, a lot of the roster is 36 right now and up. So yeah, if he's possible. 32 years old and everyone else is 40 and on their way out, that's a guy they have to go and get in four years. Like, I don't want his New Japan run to end anytime soon. But how do you not get this guy? He's just 28 years old. I just couldn't wrap my mind around that shit. I was like, yo, he's that young? Yeah. It is crazy what he's already accomplished. He has more five-star matches, I think, than Ric Flair. Yeah, on the Melter rating. And he's 28. Between him and Tanahashi, they're, they're two guys that have been exceptional for New Japan. And they're the glue that's held it together. Regardless of everything else that's gone on, you know, when we people thought it was going to be over, they've they've held it down. So, so, kudos to them. I hope he doesn't leave. Um, he's he's done s- such great work. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next, I guess we'll touch on Raw before we review SmackDown and their pay per view that they just had. Um, Raw is setting up for Hell in a Cell. We'll just go through all their stuff that they have coming up. Um, Owens versus Rollins in Hell in a Cell. <sighs> I was kind of um, dipo- disappointed because I thought Jericho was going to turn on Owens. Oh, it's and coming. It'd be a three-way match, but he just lost his opportunity to get into the match at Hell in a Cell. So allow me to explain <laughs> to you how this works. This is how this works. Jericho is too soon for Jericho to turn on Owens, but it's clear that Jericho is going to turn because he's probably he's he's incredibly hot right now. The list is phenomenal. The list is by great. I used the list today in normal conversation. Like <laughs> someone was like, "Oh, can you uh do this?" They they told me like look up three people. For something, and I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. they're on the list," and they just looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, "Oh, but he's he's incredibly over." So that that it, it's the turn is coming, but not right now. Where it's going to happen is at Survivor Series. Survivor Series is in Toronto. To have oh, two yeah. Canadians, 
headline that that Jericho, who will be insanely hot as a babyface versus Owens, that's where you need to go. Don't there's no reason to put him in the hell in the cell because you need to legitimize Owen as a champ. The two things that the Raw has failed miserably at is making Owens a legitimate champion and making Rollins a legitimate babyface. They've done a terrible job with both of them. Because Rollins, like, you don't even understand his incentive half the time. Like, well, to he, stick it to the McMahons, right? Or to the yeah, but but does it really feel like he's he's a babyface, right? He's not like cutting the most passionate promos. No, he's they a tweener. Missed, yeah, like they missed the bus when he returned was the time to turn a babyface. Yeah, and then the right? Triple H thing was the perfect time. Right, but that's but all. Trips been, isn't on television. So. Exactly, and you know his interaction with Stephanie is becoming less and less. So it's just like. It feels like his feud with Owens is kind of futile. It just kind of needs to end. So Owens needs to win this to legitimize himself as a true champion and then go against Jericho, who will further legitimize him as a true champion. So if Owens is going to drop the title, it'll be at the Royal Rumble. But as of right now, they, they like Smack, I mean, Raw's is doing everything wrong. Yeah, I just feel like for it's ever, on the, SmackDown's it's on. doing everything right and talking Smack afterwards is such a great show and everything just ties together. Raw is messing up everything. Everything. Um, we have Sasha versus Charlotte, Hell in a Cell, first ever for women. Yeah, I'm I excited. fear. I fear for Bay's life. That's she's what been injured twice in their past matches off of botches, and they botch a ton between the two of them. Put them in a cell with botches. I'm not sure if Sasha leaves out of here without being injured. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for this match, but I'm all. Yeah, I'm scared. <laughs> If it was Sasha versus Bailey, cool, because they work a lot better together. Right. It's just Charlotte's uh, yeah. just big, and she's just so much bigger than these other women that you can't help but have botches. She's athletic and all this stuff. She can do the same moves. Their body types just don't even up. Yeah, it's, it, it it's going to be supreme tough. talent. It takes like only so many big guys can really put on great matches like that with people smaller than them. It's just the nature right. of the beast. The Undertaker comes to mind as one of the only ones without looking clunky or having botches. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm excited for the match, but yeah, I'm scared for these young ladies' lives because, you know, they're, they're going to try to do a lot and they might do a lot and ruin themselves in the process. You think they bleed? But, do we get blood? Do we get blood in the women's match? We might get inadvertent blood. I mean, we might get blood that we didn't ask for. Well, they're not bleeding. No, I'm just saying. I mean, <laughs> they, you know, they might, they might take a terrible bump and start bleeding. So... Um, no, I mean like face against the cage, HBK style, like him taker where you're just rubbing his face against the cage, just leaking. It's possible. I mean, anything's possible in this match. It oh, just I'd depends it. on how far they want to push it. <laughs> they, they they can push it really far. And by the way, Charlotte has turned the corner in her character and has become an excellent heel. Not just a good heel. She's become excellent. She slaps the hell out of Dana Brooke. Yeah, I mean, but she's like the way she delivers her promos. Like she seemed really unsure of herself about a year ago, and now she's like, she's just hitting, firing on all cylinders. Like she's so good, I almost want to see her get the title back because I need somebody to chase her. Well, she she learned a lot from Flair. Like you know what? When they put her dad with her, I was like, what? Why is unnecessary? But the the constant just being around each other and learning how to be a heel. And believing in it and doing it 24-7. If there's one thing about Ric Flair, he lived his character. Oh, yeah. 24-7. Better or worse. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. And now we're seeing Charlotte. She's just more in tune. It feels natural now. Yeah. It's not forced. 
So it, it's made her such a better wrestler. Um, and she's trying, and her in ring work has been incredible outside of the yeah. botches. Her yeah, athleticism like she, for that size is just next level. Yeah, she, she's insane. Like, she's just turned a corner just insanely good. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this match. We'll just see if they can live uh, to tell about it. All right, your favorite Hell in a Cell match Reigns versus Rusev. For honor. Oh God. I don't care. <laughs> no, this no, feud has been going on for so long. They, I mean, they try so hard with him. Like, they, they are trying so hard with, you know, anything they can do to get Roman Reigns over. And, and I just, like Rusev, by the way. I think Rusev is doing some quality work. Oh, I love Rusev. I think Rusev is, he's immensely talented and he's fun to watch. But Reigns, not so much. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't care about this match. I really don't. Oh, we'll talk about a match I don't care about. New Day versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Are they just coasting to this record? It's two more months. This is my problem with the new day. Um, it's getting old. And we we're reaching that point where it's getting old. And Their I competition's think they're, getting old. I still love the shtick. I still love the characters. I I we've love just seen it. it. They've ran through the. They've cleaned out the division. But that that's the problem. Like the problem is, is that their their gimmick of you know their joke. Like everything is cool, but when you don't have any anybody to tell the jokes to, well then you're gonna struggle. And you know I don't know if they they decided to hold off on this whole. Uh, um, feud with Enzo and Cass, but it's again, it's a blaring, it's a, this big problem with the lack of depth in the tag team division. So, uh, it would yeah, have been great I, if all the tag teams were together, but once again, I digress. Yeah, that's how this how the, sh- the shit goes down. So I, I don't, I'm not excited for this match. I kind of, I kind of figured that we get to see Cesaro and Sheamus tag team, but then it feels weird to have them tag team and lose. Right, like I'm yeah, like, like what does it build point? to? Another feud? We just saw a best of seven. Yeah, I don't want to see a best of anything. No, so, best get that shit out my face. <laughs> so if they lose again, what are they gonna fight again? Because Sheamus walks out on him or something? Like, I don't know. They, they, I don't have the answer. They've gone ba- as backwards on this. Um, it's just it's stupid. Makes no it's sense. really stupid. Them teaming should have led to the best of seven. Right um, or something. Yeah. So now we have the last thing: cruiserweight. There's so many damn belts on Raw. Uh, the Cruiserweight title, Perkins versus Kendricks. I think Kendricks is taken to this very well. Once again, he was in WWE before, so he's just yeah. kind of hit the ground running. But I really like his character. I really like this feud. TJ Perkins with the whole video game kind of character, which is good. It's not over the top. It fits him. It gives him at least some bit of character. Uh, he mixed it into his promo with Kendricks. I, I think these guys have a good feud going. They do. It just, they just dropped the ball initially when they introduced the cruiserweights and didn't have T.J. Perkins on Raw that day and then had him in the pay-per-view. Um, they could have done a better job, but I still have my fears about this whole cruiserweight division because how many times – when is it going to get old when they're like, you know what, I'm really tired of changing these ropes and lights to purple. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying? you like, can't change them anymore. Yeah, not, like, like, let it go, bro. It's like, and you know, you got to bring in more cruiserweights. It's, it's not, I thought it was going to be like a cruiserweight block of wrestling. They kind of like randomly throw in the cruiserweights, like in the show. It's just, it's really unstructured and weird, but um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't it's, know. To me, my only gripe with it is they don't have to bring in more cruiserweights per se, because we just have the people from the classic. What? Why aren't the people who are natural cruiserweights already in the WWE mentioned in the division? Oh, like you mean Neville, like Neville? Kalisto can move over. It's, you know, just naturally smaller guys who should be in the cruiserweight division, but getting no television time. 
it doesn't make this that part of it doesn't make any sense. Like teaming Neville with Sami Zayn, I'm like, why are we doing this? Because Neville clearly should be in the cruiserweight division. And since his character's going nowhere, turn him heel. Like oh, do yeah. something. Heel Neville versus TJ Perkins? Great. Yeah, it's it's just been really bad. Really bad. Yeah, so I I don't know. They're dropping the ball on that. Moving over to the better brand, SmackDown. Um we came off of a pay-per-view, John Cena versus Ambrose versus Styles at No Mercy. It led off the show. Mm-hmm. Due to uh, <laughs> Trump taking over the world. Yeah. With the debate. Trump wants to grab everybody in the pussy, so <laughs> he that's the, what you get. He grabbed the WWE by the pussy and made them change. So what did you think about it opening the show? What did you think of the match? I thought the match was great. I loved the match. I thought, I mean... AJ Styles is my MVP this year, unless something crazy happens in the next few months. Um, He's hands just, down the best wrestler, but he won't win Wrestler of the Year. Who's going to be? I him? said that on Twitter. Matt Hardy. Off of straight no character alone, broken no Matt Hardy is the Wrestler of the Year. No, 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 nowhere, nowhere. AJ Styles has... If it was just been, in ring, I'd give it to AJ. But, I mean, it's dude, his, his promos as a heel have been excellent. Like, everything about AJ Styles has been phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't, but I really don't see anybody that's better than AJ Styles right now. And, no. we, and we're talking about from the, and we're talking about from January, whatever the date was for the Royal Rumble when he made his in ring debut. Wait, January third, no, no. my man. No, I'm sorry. New Wrestle Japan, Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So how can you put Matt Hardy ahead of that? Because it's the best character I've seen in a decade, nah. and it's completely self created. Eh, no, no. It's they, tough. They, it's one hell of a race. No, but in they, ring, I give. It, I mean, it's hard to go against. Hard to go against Styles right now. Dude, Styles, he's just too he good. He gave Roman Reigns amazing matches. Dude, he's he's too good. He's like, I don't even know if Vince had a clue who AJ Styles was before he signed him, but I know he's sitting there going, "Huh, what else? I I did a great job signing this guy, huh?" Like that's what and Triple Vince H is, is just right. mean mugging the shit out of him in the background. He's just got, like Vince being Vince. That's what Vince does. <laughs> Steals everybody's thunder. But yeah, it just uh, like that match was really good. Um, Ambrose, everybody did a great job in that match. I, I didn't mind it opening up the show. I thought it would lead. Like I think they did a horrible job closing the show. Uh, they closed it with the wrong match. Yeah, they should have closed it with the Ziggler. Miz and Ziggler. Now, can you give Ziggler props? Yes, this is exactly where I say Ziggler's supposed to be. People act like, you know, I was just killing him. He has a horrible finishing move. I stand by that. And his ceiling is intercontinental champion. This is what I said from the get-go. In our yeah. show write-up, I was like, this is the perfect spot for Ziggler. And I put perfect in quotations. Because he's Mr. Perfect. Who never held That's the world title. Place. It's not a bad place to be. He's just he... not... He's Mid-card, upper mid-card at best. At best. When you put him in a title contention, he's a jobber. When you let him rock as an intercontinental champion, U.S. champion, something of the sort, cool with me. That's where he belongs. Yeah, he's just, just like Sami Zayn without the mask. Sami Zayn, not as El Generico. His ceiling is intercontinental champion. They, uh, the WWE did the right thing by putting the belt on Ziggler in, in the way they did it in this match, actually, because this match was, it was really good. But it was what a now? really good match. What heel? Corbin? Well, that's the problem. 
because <laughs> Miz keeps chasing. Um, I wouldn't mind Wyatt going into you know a, at least a mid card role because he's going to lose to Orton. Um, so it's like what else after that? I, I haven't seen Wyatt with a belt in my memory. He might have been IC ch- champion once. Um, let him hold the title if he can't go for the main one. Then let him hold the belt. Because I think well, Orton goes for Styles here in a second. Yeah, I mean, everything about this uh, brand split has been short-sighted. Nobody thought beyond, like, three months. Because it's like, you know, where does everybody go after their, their initial fuse, fuse from the brand split? It's clear that Ziggler's going to be through with Miz after the next pay-per-view. They're going to do the Survivor Series thing with Raw versus SmackDown, which should be fun. Five on um, five, taking it back old school. Yeah, and a ten on ten. You know, I think I think that's the, the smart thing to do. And maybe, maybe, I don't know if they actually do the, any title matches at Survivor Series. Maybe that would be the just, smart thing. Just all five-on-fives, mix yeah. it up, brand versus brand, and then main event, Lesnar, Goldberg. Yeah. Which, how do you feel? Um, <laughs> Yo, this really is the Guess Who's Back episode. We got to put that in the title. Oh, my God. Oh, um, man. Goldberg wrestling Brock Lesnar. Now, we've seen this before, and, we, and everybody... I mean, it's not like everybody forgot how terrible that match was, but people were like, it was terrible because they didn't care. True, that could be that could be, um, you know, a factor. Lesnar's moveset has shrunk considerably since then. We're gonna get there, thirty minutes of the same moves. Just well, there lies the problem. Bill Goldberg hasn't wrestled in almost a decade, and Brock Lesnar has been reduced to German suplexes, and so it's like to have a German suplex machine. Versus a guy who hasn't wrestled in years and expect this to be a great match. I don't see it. No. I just don't I don't see it. It's gonna it. be suplex spear, suplex spear, suplex, 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 spear, jackhammer, kick out, F five, kick out, suplex spear. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it. gonna it's just gonna go over and over. It's like someone who doesn't know how to play WWE 2K17, just mashing the buttons. Yeah, that's frustrating. I just got 2K17. I really like it. But um <laughs> Yeah, they, this they uh, that's uh, I don't I don't care. That's another thing. Like when they announce it, I'll be like, wow, it sounds good. But then the match is going to happen, and you guys are going to be disappointed. Yeah, well, we don't have to watch it live because I'm sure we have boxing to cover that weekend, so we get to fast forward through all the stuff that we really don't care about. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it'll be on a Sunday, so boxing. Oh yeah, Saturday. boxing Saturday. So now, nah, damn, we got to watch it. They need to put Survivor Series back to Thanksgiving, like it used to be way back when I was a kid. I would just wait because well, I used to scramble goes all day, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's going to be one trash game that's going to be a blowout, and yeah. it's going to be the, probably the night game. So put on wrestling. You know, it's family day. Like, do it on family day, Friday. Just put on Survivor Series. Yeah. Because nobody People has anything to screen it. Yeah, you could two screen it on that. Put the Xbox on one. I, just, I do that shit all the time. It's on the network. No one buys pay per views. There's a better way to do it. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, what else do we have on SmackDown, though? We have Becky Lynch injured. For how long? Yep, we don't know. We just saw her in a hospital bed. Um, The tag team division is a joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) American Alpha is just lost right now. Um, They're in like just a crazy mix of four way tag matches. Yeah, which I I don't understand. Them and the Hype Bros are now one one simultaneous tag team. Yeah, I don't care. I. that's pretty much the entire thing. And then Dolph and The Miz. That's the entire program. These are the people they have to work with. Yeah, that's And it. still that's the program good. is great every Tuesday. I don't know how they do it. Fun to watch. Because it's only two hours probably. 
easy to digest. Like it, it, dude, watching Raw feels like a marathon. It really does. Um, the last thing about wrestling that we have to talk about, NXT. One, we're going to NXT when it comes to Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's going down. Uh, everyone will be in there. Reverse Rat Pack. Everybody's coming into town. We're going to live it up at NXT. Uh, my first time going to an, a true NXT event outside of just, you know, watching the tapings at right. WrestleMania weekend. So it's going to be cool. You know, Andreas is always a uh, big time. Andreas is the Kanye West of this uh, wrestling community that we are in. No, I'm he's not. just all next level. Yes, no, you just—he's like—he's just like, oh golly, I just ended up third row at the NXT show when it was sold out, and I got my tickets two hours before it started. He's just like, oh coincidence. He just shrugs it off. He's like, ah, Kanye shrug. Like it's just completely normal. So um, I'm sure Kanye Andreas is going to be a lot closer than me for this show. But NXT still is going to be fun, and it's heating up right now because we have Samoa Joe versus Nakamura still going on on a feud. This is how you carry a feud through months, and it oh, hasn't yeah. gotten stale to me. No, like I'm actually in the background watching Nakamura and Joe right now, and uh, on this week's episode of NXT, and Nakamura going nuts on Joe. This is how you. Could, this is a feud. He kicked the uh, hell out of Joe. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know where who the loser goes. If the, if if Joe was to win, then I guess Nakamura and Joe have another match. But if Joe loses, that means he has to go to get, get called up. Yeah, um, I've seen a couple rumors. I will not spoil it. I gotta wait to see what happens and how, what plays out. Because uh, it wasn't even like at the tapings type rumors. It's just like dirt sheets stuff flowing around the internet. So I was just like, oh well. I was like, okay, if that happens, then it makes sense. So. We'll see how it plays out there between those two. But no matter what, this next match is going to be great. Hopefully, he gets a stipulation, too. Um, the first yeah. match, I thought we didn't see their best. But maybe they were just saving it. Yeah, no, and, I thought the first, on it. the first match was um, a little underwhelming because of considering the two people competing. Better than a lot of other people's matches. But eh, but now we're seeing know. the striking. Like, yeah. even outside of matches. Like, just the stiff-ass punches, just going at it, the kicks. Nakamura gives a boom IA to a random security guard. It's yeah, everything. Just, just dope on the buildup. And Samoa Joe is such a good heel because a lot of heels have to win to keep their heat, a la Bray Wyatt, or your character is done. Um, Samoa Joe, he's as good of a heel when he's chasing as he is when he has the title. Yeah. Because he just he's stalks people. Like, you, you feel like they're his prey. Like, he's coming. Yeah, so, no, everything was good about that. That was um, great. Um, I, Dusty Rhodes classic, though? Yo, we, we got the answer. Where has Eric Young been? He's insanity. Yes. <laughs> Two separate words, people. Not no, insanity. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, sanity seems like it could be a dope crew. I like that they have a tag team built into it. Kind of helped the Wyatts when they started as well. Eric Young is definitely going to be the point man on this. And then what? Then we have, oh, the chick. Who is actually from like Ireland or something and is a really good wrestler. Yep. So this could be fun. This could be really fun with Sanity. We'll see how far they go in this tournament. Um, what else do we have? Uh, we have Atami versus Aries, which they were building up for a feud. But right before we came on to record this podcast, we were informed that it looks like Atami got injured again and will miss a couple of months. So where do you go from here? There's, there's not another face to just slide in and take his spot. You just turned uh, Cien Almas, which we'll talk about in a second, heel. Thank so God. Where yeah, do we I don't go? Know. 
No Way Jose? Again? The <laughs> I don't know. Part two? You're already um, using Ty Dillinger, which is the best babyface jobber in the company, any Absolutely. level, um, against Bobby Roode, whose entrance just amazes me every time now. Yeah, it's just too good. Um, hmm, I don't know. So I, I Aries might know. be taken completely out of the program. Nah, they got to give him something to do. He's too good not to be doing anything. Um, I would love to see Ibushi take his spot at the pay-per-view. Um, we know Koda is on like a, a match-by-match deal where he just comes in and spots. Uh, it'd be great that if he avenges his tag team partner's loss or injury, they say Aries injured uh, Atame, and you, you just ride off with that. And Ibushi says, you're the reason we didn't win the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and those two go at it for one pay-per-view. No, no, no. Ibushi actually was, um, I believe Ibushi was Tiger Mask in the New Japan pay-per-view this past weekend. Yes, there was a, a report about that, right? Why the hell yeah. was he Tiger Mask? Because, you know, it's honoring the legendary Tiger Mask. So they had a legendary Tiger Mask match. Because um, they get, uh, they just released like an animated series, like documentary on Tiger Mask. So okay. they had Ibushi fly out, and I don't know if he's going to continue the role or it was just a one-off. But yeah, Ibushi seems like uh, he's living the life, just kind of bouncing around right now. Hottest free agent right now. Um, so that's up in the air. Ashka still hasn't lost a match. There's no competition. I don't see her losing anytime soon. I don't know where the hell they go with that. And eventually they do Ember Moon probably next year <laughs> for the pay-per-view. I just, yeah. How Asuka long do you really... keep Ashka down to just kick the shit out of these young girls? Um. She beat the hell out of, uh, Liv Morgan. Yeah. I mean, week. I, that was all bad. And I guess she gets called up after WrestleMania. It's a long time of ass whoopings. It is. It is. It really is. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Almas goes heel, which, like you said, finally. They needed to. He's Del Rio 2.0 yeah. right now. Absolutely. Same character. Speak Spanish as much as you want. Throw in a couple English words. Tell everyone they suck. Yep. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. That's what it is. That's it, man. Come out. Say, fuck Trump. Yep. You know, do something. Good. NXT is, is working its way back to being must-see television again. It's, it was struggling after the roster raid. It's still not to where it was a couple of years ago. But it seems and like they're it's, still it's not anywhere. using everyone that they raided the roster for. Uh-uh, not yet. So I don't understand. Oh, poor Apollo Crews. Send him back to NXT. Yo, they got to send, send him, him somewhere. I haven't even seen him. Yeah, He can't even make too. the televised portions. Sucks. So shit's been crazy since you've been away. We covered most of it. I'm sure stuff is going to get even crazier in this next week. We have a couple of, like, you know, just down weeks to collect ourselves before we hit November, and it's just all boxing, crazy UFC, pay-per-view. Uh, we have Survivor Series, so much. November's just packed for us. Incredibly busy, but so, at least we're caught up. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. It's great to have you back. I'm sure everyone here is great to listen to the show, how it's supposed to be. Thank you once again to the sponsors and to everyone who joined us last week for the fan appreciation episode. Make sure you guys keep listening. Hit us up on social media. Me, at Kel Dansby on all platforms. Yep, and at Andreas Hale. You guys know that by now. Uh, you can hit up the show at the Corner LSN on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys keep your ears open because we're going to be having our final year-end awards coming in like a month, month and a half. And we're going to have ciphers and all that stuff again. If you guys know musical acts and rappers and or singers, which are now incorporated into the ciphers, we're going to once again top BET. So I want to have three ciphers this year, um, if not four. Yeah, I'm always open to that. If you guys know hip-hop people who would be willing to spit, it's always great to just give, you know, 
underground acts and up and coming artists who are dope the platform to come on here and show their art to the people. So thank you guys for listening. Until next week, though, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.